0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the American Rugby Show. This is the State of the Union. I'm Alex Corbisera, one of your hosts joined by Todd Clever and Rob Hoadley. Welcome back for all of you that have seen this before. And for those of you new, whether you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, watching us on our YouTube page at the American Rugby Show, or Checking us out on the Rugby Network. We really appreciate it. Welcome to the show. We're doing this a little bit differently than we've done for our early shows, where we're breaking the show down into individual segments. So, this segment is the State of the Union. We're going to just actually get down and into it with our, none other than our very own Hall of Famer, Todd Clever. And then, as this week, if you check out the Rugby Network or check out our socials at the American Rugby Show, we've also got the MLR breakdown when we go through all of the games from round eight. And we hear from the victorious Marty Veal, the head coach of the Rooney team that got the big W over L.A. in a shock result. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But for now, it's time to get into the State of the Union. It's the State of the Union time. And we were doing this week's State of the Union there were so many people after last week's Gary Gold interview calling me up saying, can I get on the show? You're on the Rugby Network. Corpse, can I get up? And honestly, I had to turn my phone off, chuck it away, because as soon as I saw the news, boom, bulletin, USA Rugby 2021 Hall of Fame class get announced. I see the headliner, Todd Clever, up front. I said you know, screw the other guests, they're all gonna have to wait, get back in line. We we have a Hall of Famer on the regular uh, rotation of this show, and Todd, this is your show. Welcome, mate, and congratulations on joining the 2021 USA Rugby Hall of Fame. It is very fitting for the, the life that you have committed to this sport, and the flag you have borne for the United States and the rugby world to get recognized with this honor. It, it, it's so fitting, and I'm just absolutely chuffed for you.
1: No, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it is very humbling. I mean, just... uh you know, what, what rugby's done for me, you know, in, in entirety. I mean, I got in the sport when I was age 14, 15, following my brother's footsteps and, and uh, you know, changed my life, changed my family's life. You know, my, my parents are so dedicated and supported me so much uh, throughout everything. And then, uh, you know, it's just shaped me into the man I am, you know, the husband I am, the, the teammate I was, and, and what I can give back to, to society. And, and ultimate goal of, you know, what I've done with the, the foundation is, is to really give back to To the sport that's given me so much, and, and and make it a playing field with uh you know the best sport in the world, you know how diverse it is, how inclusive it is, and and where it is. So uh, I'm just really proud, and you know after after the announcement was made, you know people from all around the world, you know old teammates, and you know people that I've uh, you know been around, you know reaching out on a personal level and telling old war stories or tour stories or roommate stories or whatever kind of uh, fun things that kind of happen. So. Uh, you know, it wouldn't have happened without uh, all all the great mentors I had and all, all my great teammates and and competitors I've I've had against. So it's been
2: uh, been a wonderful uh, you know few days after the announcement. How did you receive the call, Todd? Because obviously that's a a pretty big moment and very special. Were you expecting it? It Was out of the blue? Who did you speak to? Yeah, well, I mean, the the process is I
1: guess it's it's quite long because I was uh, nominated. So there's a nomination process and uh and and said oh i got nominated quite humbling with that oh that's really cool and and i think from retirement you have to wait a few years it's either 3 or 4 years from retirement for you so um they said i was nominated last year but i wasn't considered because it was a, the a long enough time frame of of retirement uh and then this year they they want that so they had uh, a lot of uh um, criteria to it, and they asked me, "Can you get a couple uh, people to write uh, letters of recommendation and, and references for it?" And and I kind of just like, oh, you know, who am I going to sort of uh, you know reach out to? And 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 I uh, and, and I reached out to some some good coaches, some good mentors, some good competitors, teammates, uh, and and it was it was it was cool to to have that uh, you know cross board. Um, you know, so it was, uh, that was kind of the process. And then they wrote them in, they, they copied me on it and, and, uh, and, and then the news came out just a few days before it was announced.
0: Was it emotional reading some of those recommendations and do you mind sharing who wrote them or is that private? No, no, no. I'm, I'm
1: happy to, you know, for sure, uh, you know, without a doubt. Uh, so, I mean, I, from the, from the list of. You know, John McKittrick, he was uh, the North Harbor Sevens coach. He coached USA Sevens uh, and he coached my club team. Uh, so he was probably the, you know, the biggest, you know, mentor that, that I had. Um, and he knew me very well at a, at a young age, moving me from out of university at age 20, 21, down to New Zealand where, you know, I put all my eggs in one basket. And, uh, you know, he he definitely played a huge role into it. Um, another coach I, I had was Eddie Jones, who who brought me from South Africa to uh, Japan, and, and we, we we remain close now of of, of keeping in contact with texts and, and calls, um, you know, and, and we won some championships together. Uh, you know, I had players that I played against uh, George Smith, uh, you know, one of my idols growing up. You know, played against him with the Brumbies versus the Lions, and then we ultimately be uh, teammates together. Which was quite cool. I had, uh, you know, Jerome Kano uh, from the All Blacks, you know, also write me one. Um, I had Brian Habana, you know, right. from uh, from our early days from 2007, playing against each other in, in Super Rugby and and, and other competitions. Um, I had John Mitchell, you know, uh, you know, former USA coach that's coaching England as well. Blaine Scully wrote 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 a nice thing you know for co-captain and 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 he got his first cap under under my uh you know captaincy and then we we went on and you know legend of the game he'll he'll be in in that group as well. and, and then the last person for for the letter of recommendation it was uh, Eugene Eloff, uh coach Laffy. He was uh he was a super rugby coach that that brought me on. He was the one who actually took a chance on me signing an American guy to play in that competition. So uh, forever grateful, great friend of mine. And, and I actually brought him uh, to Austin to coach uh, the Huns and he coached us to uh, the national championship whenever uh, it was the year before MLR was inducted. So, uh, you know, great friend, awesome guy, and, you know, happy to have him do it as well. So, uh, you know, there's a pretty wide range of, of, of talented and big world names that, uh, that I was able to reach out to and, and they all came back. Uh, with positivity and, and you know, came back with amazing – and it came back with a good result.
0: A who's who of rugby. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a pretty decent list, isn't it? I, I think any of us would be chuffed to have uh, that many heavy hitters in the rugby game yeah. uh, taking the time to put some positive words down for us, ain't Rob? That's a decent Rolodex, yeah. <laughs> you you got to do well to make it into uh, Todd's little black book,
2: I think. But um, isn't it incredible, you know, you think about – Everything you've achieved in the game and the, and the uh, you know, the highs on the field, but really when you look back and you, you list off those names and the relationships and the experiences, it's incredible that you've had that impact, Todd, and um, who could imagine that when you, what, you were following your brother out at 14, 15, I mean, talk us through, how did that journey start for you? Where, where were you playing your rugby and, you know, was, did your family play a big part in, in supporting you at that stage?
1: Yeah, uh, we grew up in Northern California and uh, my brother went to an all-boy Catholic school and they had a rugby club. So I didn't go to that uh, Catholic school, but I, I played part of that club, club rugby. And, you know, I had to, uh, you know, crossroads and watching my older brother play American football and rugby. And I was playing, you know, skateboarding and snowboarding and playing a little soccer. And then I just wanted to get a little bit more, uh, you know, into it. And my parents, you know kind of urge me into the right way. And my each, you know, rugby is a global sport and they went on tour every year. So I just kind of, Oh, I want to, I want to travel. I want to get, get involved. And, uh, and my parents were really strict on that. They said, Oh, we'll, we'll support your travel and, and going on tour, but you have to commit to the team. Uh, you got to go to every practice, go to every game and, and be part of, you know, the team culture. And that was a, that was a fair trade for me. And, kinda of just uh you know jumped on that and kind of figured out the, the the better I got the the more tours I got to go on and the more places <laughs> and I did. So I uh I fell in love with the the sport and on the road more than I did on the on the field. So but uh it it, it turned out quite well. So my parents definitely played a huge, huge role
2: into it.
0: And and I guess, you know, it's quite fitting that, you know, the travel, the tours, the road is what, you know, drew you to rugby. Because when you look at your career and one of the things that you were a real trailblazer and probably as far as all the accolades, you know, the most cap eagle captaining or the first American to play super rugby, to actually break through that sort of threshold and get out there and and to be, you know, from South Africa in Japan in the premiership so so if we just focus on on the journey to get into super rugby first like you know what was that like finally actually getting out there being the first american having that weight and mantle on yourself and then what was the journey like to get to that point and and how hard was it yeah i mean
1: when i started watching rugby you know on tv and you know i don't want to age myself too much but the vhs tapes getting getting tapes of games and everything else um, it was super twelve uh b- back then, and that was a competition I followed and I had my favorite players I had my favorite team um, and it was uh, the hurricanes down in uh, in new zealand and you know you had uh you know players you know that my favorite was like Jonamu so it was just I was either watching Tri nations or, or super rugby so whenever i I started making goals and that was my whole mindset and what i you know definitely tribute all my successes, you know, making short-term goals, long-term goals. And my goal was to play in Southern Hemisphere, play rugby at the Super Rugby competition. So um, when I had the opportunity to go to New Zealand, went down there, played provincial rugby, played in the, the National Sevens Tournament, um, and then ha- played a few games for North Harbor, uh, but didn't quite crack the blues and didn't quite crack the Super Rugby. I mean, just the depth was there. The, the players were just, you know, real good. And then after the 2007 World Cup, uh, you know, the Lions uh, had had offers in in France and England and in South Africa, and I took the one with the least amount of money, and it was uh, just to play in Super Rugby, so I can sort of tick off that box of you know that was my goal as as a young player, is to do that. So I uh, went down there on a one year contract, and and ended up extending it because I just love the competition, love South Africa, and and was able to play against, uh, you know, the Hurricanes, play against the, the team that was my favorite. And I was just, you know, playing against players that I was, you know, molding my game around. So it's quite cool.
2: Todd, you said that after the, the World Cup in 2007, was that the World Cup you were talking about? Yeah. That you had a lot of offers. Was, you, was there a moment before that where, you, where it clicked in your mind where I can, I can do this? Like, I'm going to get to fulfill my dream. Was it a younger age you made the decision? Where did it become a reality that I can play super rugby? Um,
1: yeah. I, I mean, you always want to give yourself hope and you want to definitely write goals that 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 are reachable. Um, so it was more just backing myself of, all right, if I put in the work, how can I be seen? If I, you know, if if I come out and be the best I can be. Be better than I was yesterday, and and continue driving and and doing the extra mile and doing the extra rep. So there's always belief of you know if I if I train hard enough I'll, I can play anywhere. If I train hard as I, I can be one of the best in the world. I, and I really did believe that. Um, but I mean, it really came in light probably after the first game in two thousand seven, the the World Cup. We had we played against England, and. You know, they're coming off of a World Cup victory in 2003. They're their favorites, and we we're just in a packed stadium. And I remember playing against, you know, supposedly the best players in the world. And I was like, I can hang with these guys. No problem. I, I want to do this week in, week out. So whenever I had those opportunities in England or in France, you know, and, and there was- it was quite, you know, handsome money for, for-, for a young kid, uh, I- I- it, was- it was a hard decision to, somewhat of a hard decision to turn those- that down. To to yeah. ultimately play Super Rugby,
2: yeah, and fulfil your dream. It's pretty incredible, and I, I just think it's so much. It's hard to do it when when no one's done it before you, and there's no like support system or path. You've, you 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 pave the way yourself, and you've been a trailblazer, like Corb said. And look at the impact that you've had on the American youngsters coming through. And now it seems you know fairly normal for guys to cross over and go to the Premiership or go to France or even go down to the southern hemisphere. Um, and I, I think you 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 cleared that path for people to do it, you know, and you have to have that first person that becomes that trailblazer. So yeah, it's 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 a huge, it's not only for yourself, but a huge impact for the game here in America too.
1: Yeah, I, I mean that that's the that's the toughest thing and, and there was no pathway and, and to professional sports. So I, I remember getting my first cap for, for USA and it was in two thousand three in Buenos Aires against Argentina. And I mean that was, you know, the height of the strength and of the scrum of of the Pumas and and you know, oh, yeah. some, some amazing, you know, personnel that was in that squad. Um, but the week before I was playing in a college tournament, you know, and it was like a round robin college tournament, you know, maybe 300 people like watching the whole thing, you know, most of my parents and you know, a couple of admin. Um, I think I scored like five tries against LMU, Loyal and Marymount University. Like what kind of school is that? And the next week, you know, in the Eagles camp, and then it was the next thing, you know, national anthem is like, oh my gosh, come off the bench. And so, I mean, the the gap was so big when I was, you know, just entering now. And that's what's so awesome to have, you know, major league rugby and, and, and to have a pathway to the Eagles now more so than we ever did before. Um, and now it's up to us if, 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 if those players or if those players coming up is like, do we want to just play domestically or they're going to go overseas uh, possibly, if that's going to be for more experience, uh, more rugby throughout the year, or better money. So it's, uh, it's it's great to have those options. For me, it was just you know shooting shooting blanks and and just going hard.
0: No, I love it, and I think you know talking about how you go from you know playing sort of that domestic season in the US to then the step up, which was the international spec spectacle once you made it to super rugby and you're in this professional environment you know what was it like going back to usa rugby for camps for training for tours being back in a squad that primarily wasn't professional like what you'd been training with at your at your club week in week out
1: yeah i mean that that's the biggest thing is you know whenever i went away from my daily routine of being in a professional environment and i go to to the eagles it wasn't that but Every contract I had through the through my international career, I had a clause saying I would be released if USA had it, even if it was out of the window. That was that was my my goal, my objective is to move USA rugby forward. It wasn't about you know stacking. So, you know, financially it was a terrible clause to have in my contract. And the only time I ever opted not to join the Eagle squad and to stay with my professional club was in 2009 in South Africa when the British and Irish Lions came down to tour and I had the opportunity to play against the the Lions. So it was Lions versus Lions at Ellis Park, uh, packed, you know, stadium and, and it was in, incredible. And, you know, I wouldn't really, so I missed the Wales and the Ireland game, I think for, for USA. Um, but other than that, every time throughout my uh, 15 year career, USA rugby always, always had the priority, um, even in Japan, even when the, you know when I was in Europe, everything, so uh there was no sort of accident why I have you know more caps than anybody else because that's kind of how I wanted to script it
2: yeah, and you mentioned playing against the lions. I mean what an experience you've mentioned jerome uh, Jerome kano uh writing a, a nice note for you there so i I guess it's pretty tough to uh to say this through a career like yours, but are there any are there any opponents and competitors uh through your career that stand out?
1: Um i mean yeah there's there's ones that stand out positively and some that stand out
0: negatively. <laughs> we want to hear both <laughs> yeah both please <laughs> uh,
1: no i i mean you- you know throughout my whole career i I was never stationed i never you know really hung up pictures in my houses uh when I lived in New Zealand, when I lived in South Africa, when I lived in Japan, when I lived in England it was it was pretty bare and minimalist because I, I knew I wasn't going to stay there long. And I, and, and maybe that was, didn't want to get comfortable. And you know, that was my mindset. I don't want to get comfortable because I'm only borrowing this Jersey. I'm only here for a little bit. So let's make the most of it. I don't have time to, you know, kick my feet up and, and uh, buy nice furniture and, and hang a nice picture. So um yeah, you know, back to your question, you know, t- to, I completely avoided the question. <laughs> Politician <laughs> but, uh, style, mate. <laughs>
2: they're, they're all saying you're the toughest opponent. No, 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 no.
1: I, I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, such a tough question because there's so many impacts that that I have you know, and, and whenever I think of like you know people that I that I molded my game around, you know, um, and and then playing against them and playing with them, like George Smith, you know, really good friend of mine. Uh, but I remember playing against him the first time seeing him in the flesh, you know, we were both number seven against, mm-hmm. you know, wow. at, at Ellis park. And it was just like, Oh, I got this, you know, we ended up winning the game and, but it was, it was, it was class off the field. That's what I really enjoyed, you know, Phil walk yeah. class off the field cool. and being able to show them and kind of being the, the liaison of it. Um, and, and to my point earlier of, of, of not really putting, you know, pictures on, on the walls and everything else, because. I always wanted to have that experience and, and be up against it and out of my comfort zone of, you know, really, uh, you know, challenging. So, I mean, I was there for three years in South Africa and I had three different head coaches just because of the, like how how crazy that time was, you know, two years in, in New Zealand and, and kept on leveling up and, you know, in, in Japan for five years and changed clubs twice and then went over to England and came back to the States. So I mean I've I've always been sort of a, a misfit been been sort of a guy that's uh, you know really enjoyed you know the amateur status of of rugby of the tour tour life but uh, making the most of it uh, of the professional. And I completely avoided your question. Yeah,
0: who right? are the were negatives? Who are the negatives? Who were the negatives? We got yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. Of you positives. You've you, got to give us it some it negatives. It seemed like there were some
2: specifics on the other <laughs> on the You know what side. I. The only
1: real negative thing, and the thing is, and I'll say it, and I'm not a fan of the British and Irish Lions, is because because when we played against them, everybody was swapping jerseys, and my opposite number's like, oh, I want to keep my jersey. And it was like, the camera was like, I'm like, wait, you want to, he's like, I'll give you my shorts. I'm like, what?
0: Who was this? Name and
1: shame, name and shame. Yeah, you'll have to look up. You you do your homework. I'm not even. He doesn't get the quality of me saying his name. <laughs> <laughs> but i was he's got it was Like oh, I get a British night. Yeah,
0: you played the game for that. Surely oh. on tour. Oh,
2: oh well,
1: he <laughs> missed his swap. It mate. Shirt, the Lions.
0: Though. I know for a fact that the Lions give you two jerseys and you can swap yeah. because I I swapped all of my except the third test is the only one I kept uh, the Dublay for. Uh, but you know, I, I have a similar story of uh, you know not to steal Todd's to interview, but. Honestly, no please do <laughs> all right we played new zealand for england 2012 all right it's the first uh, england it was the first time i think since 2003 england beat the all blacks it was their 2011 world cup winning side had gone a year undefeated last game of the season at twickenham and we we turfed them and we we, we turfed them and beat them or whatever and you know playing that game for me a bit like todd with the lions playing against a bunch of heroes like you're playing against guys who are legends of the game you look up to i'm only what 23 maybe 24 at this time still like, you know, getting to where I want to be in the sport, playing against Tony Woodcock, who for me is one of the all-time greats and the loose heads. Um, And, you know, it just so happened at at a breakdown, we had a good game at the scrum from England, so we put them under pressure there. But it was, I think there was a breakdown and he was counter-rocking and slowing it down. And this was back when you could still be a little bit, you know, like rogue with some of your off your feet clear outs at the breakdown. So I've seen him like kind of standing up tall, trying to hack his foot through the breakdown. So I've melted, like motored from like 10 meters away and banged him at the rock or whatever and just carried on. And I could tell he didn't appreciate it, but it was what it does. So after the game, all right, we've won. I go to the changing room door. I go to speak to, uh, I go knock on the door. Steve Hansen's right in there and I go, oh, is is Tony Woodcock in here? And and Steve Hansen just looks at me and goes, he speaks English, mate. And I was like, All oh, right, Christ. Like already an awkward start. It's like that walk over and Woodcock's just getting out of the, the ice bath. I'm like, hey, mate, it was an absolute honor to play against you. Uh, would you be all right swapping jerseys? And he just goes, Nah. And I was just like standing there in this all black change room, absolutely <laughs> devastated. And then none other it. than the goat, Owen Franks, uh, comes over, sees me. You know, obviously we'd gone head to head and it'd been a good battle. And For me he's another one of my heroes one of the guys singing of legends and he goes i'll swap with you mate and so I actually which i think is more fitting from that game have my one and three but the devastation of not getting getting shut down on the swap cut me deep so the only reason i brought that up is i can completely sympathize with todd how he's feeling and i just want to say i've just thrown an absolute legend of the game under the bus feel free to throw (laughs) another one and divulge who, who did you dirty
2: Just trying to encourage each other. Now. Yeah, just, just. Yeah. I was like, I'll share my bit. What about share do you yours? Do you have any undercutters? Uh, uh, no, I don't think. I, I don't think. Um, I don't think there are many people in in the market for a Hoadley shirt. To be honest. <laughs> so, <laughs> slim Pickings. R- Porridge <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um So that's a that's a bit of a low light, there, Todd. What about like memories that stick out to you, whether it be like games, moments, tours, people? Uh, nights out, whatever it might be.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously now I can uh, say everything I want. I got the Hall of Fame, so I mean they can't take that away from me, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Newsflash: Todd has been, been swiped from the class of twenty twenty one. It's been blacklisted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I mean,
1: th- there's been, I mean, touring with a, with the national team and touring with you know f- for over half my life um there's been some epic epic tours and and some terrible ones uh, you know as, as well so um some some of the better stories are obviously coming from you know uh you know bad tours you know like if you're in south america and it's like oh we arrived we're jet lagged how are we gonna walk it off walk the beach walk to the casino and and oh let's play a few hands and it's just like blatantly cheating like their house is blatantly cheating at you there's like no that's that's 22 i'm like no, that's twenty one. You owe me money. That like, <laughs> taking money, and we're just like, oh, you better not look around. But uh, but nights out, and you know, after after victories, as you guys know, you know, uh, is, is is something special. And being around on the other side of the world, and I mean, one of the coolest places, you know, going to like Romania, you know, just like weirdest place ever. And you're like, how could you have any fun? And you walk into old town, and like the, this old like brewery, and it's like the oldest you know, restaurant, people are just black tie. And you're just like, this isn't, you know, crazy place. And, um, you know, Georgia, you know, and then you go to like, you know, rugby nations, you know, New Zealand and, you know, captaining the team, you know, at that World Cup, that was probably the highlight. Uh, there, there's definitely low lights So you make fun, have fun. But then the highlight of it is, is sort of captaining your nation, you know, at a World Cup at a, you know, rugby nation, like New Zealand, the whole world. Stop, the Whole rugby world stopped, and their whole, whole country, you know, stopped for that. So that was quite uh, quite memorable, and probably the best one uh, without a doubt. Were your family there for that, Todd? Yep, yep. No, my fam. That's that's another thing with my family. I mean, they they've traveled around the globe. You know, something ton teen times. I mean, it's uh, you know watching from under nineteen World Cups and in uh, in Chile and Italy, and then you know watching uh, you know going to two thousand three World Cup uh france 2007 new zealand uh and then and then catching games left and right throughout the throughout the season so uh they're so supportive and you know you know it's, it definitely feels good whenever the national anthem is i always try to find my mom and, and dad in the crowd you know just a, it's just a proud moment before they watch their sun go get beat up
0: the way it is mate and so Being, you know, captain of the United States for for a fair bit of time as well. You know, what was it like from a a responsibility of, you know, feeling like, you know, you were this, you were playing at a higher level than a lot of the guys had to come back, had to show that, had to try and raise the standards. But also had to deal with, you know, when you're playing in your club side, it's quite a level playing field every week. And sometimes you'd come to the U.S. games and like you're saying, you're at a World Cup, you're playing a big tier one nation. You know, what was that like from a mindset of that underdog status of, 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 of being the captain of the U.S. Through, through those games?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I love playing for America and I love, you know, I love the guys and the diversity of that team you know we had cowboys that were ranchers we had plumbers that were in big cities we had a couple professionals sprinkled in we had school teachers we had scientists we had paint house painters i mean you name it we had it and it was just a motley crew but they it was just so much heart and dedication yeah we didn't have the professionalism i mean and that goes from the top from the coaches to uh to the players and and and, in the whole you know rugby union but those players that, that I was able to play with, uh, you know, to lead or share the field with, I mean, they put on their their lives on hold. I mean, they, they they can't afford to have, you know, buy a house or a new car or or start a family, you know, until they actually get a real job that pays them. You know, these guys were doing it for $100 a day, uh, playing against the world's best and and putting their life on hold, you know, two, three, four years at, at you know, whatever that Ru- Rugby World Cup cycle was. And that's why that big, uh, you know, turnover rate is, at, you know, for the cycles for, for American uh, rugby back in the day is because, you know what, they, they, they're they like, all right, I'll, I'll start a family the next year after this, or I'll get a big boy job where I can actually, you know, focus on it where I don't have to do it. But then you have likes of like Mike Petrie, who was the ultimate professional and had a couple stints overseas, but, he did you know he, he just you know he was a either plumber or he was a teacher and he just you know did his weights whenever he could and did his this and he was just the most dedicated guy and you know that, those are the sort of guys i mean he he just did, he was just choose too soon because he would be in a you know a professional you know hands down uh and, and you know way above it so you know there's a lot of guys like that 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 had all the heart the dedication that just didn't get the lucky bounce, And that's why I always felt so grateful and, and, and lucky in, in a lot of terms is that, you know, I got these contracts overseas and it wasn't because I was, you know, better or wasn't that I didn't work hard or anything else. I was pure, I, I knew how fortunate I was. So whenever I had that opportunity to come back, I would never turn my back for, you know, sort of a dollar. And, and uh, it, was, it was always great to be around those guys.
0: This week's American Rugby Show is brought to you by Gilly's Legendary American Lager. A light American lager this crushable doesn't come along every day. Let's find out. I stand by that statement. And I think Todd, one of the things you seem to be the master of is connections. We've already seen your rugby roller decks, but also like for such a long time you had that sort of USA rugby guy like mantle peg that you seem to, you know, you've been in the ESPN body issue. You go to the SP Awards, you've done, you know, you you've you've been a trailblazer for rugby and trying to get the the word and and the sport and your platform to sort of Break out of just sort of the rugby sort of bubble. You've been quite a big, I think, proponent of someone who's watched from afar at getting rugby into more mainstream circles and and using and getting into sort of the face of an American star out there in front of in front of the more mainstream markets. And and I do think we could all agree that's something that needs to continue to happen. But but just to put in perspective, your sort of insight into that. Yeah. Again, it's it's you know it
1: could be you know with a with a haircut that that is non-existent. Um, or it could be, you know, bounce of ball or 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 leadership, or I'm I'm not sure, you know, but being sort of that face of USA Rugby for, you know, 10 or so years, um, you know, I just kind of took it in stride and and made the most of it. And just as as tours come come in and come out, you know, this is a I knew it was gonna be a short, short time of my life or a short time of my career. Uh, so whenever I had the opportunity to rub shoulders or, or work with great companies, or you know, be part of ESPN or, or the SBs or any other you know sort of magazine or, or sponsorship opportunities that I had. Um, you know, I I made connections and I had a, had a really good time, you know, doing that. So again, I I think I'm I'm quite lucky, but I always knew that I was waving that flag for USA Rugby. Uh, so that was always in the back of my head whenever I was, you know, sharing a drink with another sports star or or in meetings with companies, knowing that you know I was you know being an ambassador for for rugby and for USA Rugby.
2: Yeah, what a what a true ambassador, and I think what we've got to retain in American rugby we've spoken about this before is the Americanness of it you know the same with the MLR you know we don't want to do things the same as they're done in in, in the rest of the world and I think Todd you definitely brought that flavor from here and you and you, you you brought visibility and credibility to the game here worldwide with all your um with all your adventures and the impact that you made everywhere you, you went and uh and we want to continue uh we wanted to continue that American flavor in our game and be successful doing it our way.
1: 100%. I mean, that's, uh, you know, whenever, even, even whenever I'm coaching or if I'm, you know, helping out, advising or, or doing something with the foundation and I go into something, it's not about going there and say, hey, this is how you do things to be successful. I mean, you, you know, you look at the New Zealand model, they don't come over and just be like, hey, this is how it's done. This is how you're going to win games. It, you got to know your environment you got to know um, what it is so so I think the biggest thing you know for leaders or, or, or someone that's gonna you know ride the ship is is observe you observe you sit back observe you ask questions you know what is needed so that's that's kind of the biggest thing of you know you you, you have to play what's in front of you or play the cards that you're dealt um, for it so uh, you know, if you're able to get, you know, some some craziness American style, if it's going to help the commercially or if it's going to help, you know, a team wise or anything else, you got to run with it. And, and I think you're exactly right of, you know, we got to keep it American and, and and it will benefit. And, and that's the ex- exciting part of rugby in America, especially with the new ownership groups that are popping up and people that are owning uh, these MLR teams is a lot of it is business savvy people. They're not rugby people. They just know how to operate and know what's successful. So once you kind of tie that into it, I really think that um, we're going to be able to capitalize it and make more superstars because that's what we need. We need little boys and girls pointing up and watching TV and being like, oh, I want to be like them. I want to buy their jersey. I want to buy this. But it's kind of hard to buy their jersey when their names aren't on it. So I know that's been kind of beaten on. So it's you know bringing that American approach to you know rugby, bringing in that overseas stuff. So it's, it's going to be a combination of things. And, you know, hopefully it, it, it turns right and, and uh, the sport benefits from
2: it. And can you tell us a little bit more, uh, Todd, about what you're doing on that front? You, you've mentioned your foundation and uh, obviously you, you're doing a lot around the MLR as well. Um, so how's that been going for you? Have you been finding that? and, and What do you hope to achieve with the foundation?
1: Yeah, I, I formed a foundation, Todd Clever Foundation, and uh, we finally got, to, it took, I mean, seven plus months for the 501c3, so I kind of kept it under, under wraps, and, and we finally got it in December of last year, in 2020, in and, and the height of COVID, and how can we sort of assist? And it was just exactly what uh, that I was mentioning. We, we go in, we help support what's already instilled. We understand that there's so good rugby hearts around the country, around the world, such good rugby hearts, you know, and minds that, that are setting things up, but the resources are not there. So we're really there to help out, you know, impacted if it's underserved or, you know, if it's COVID impact or if it's, um, you know, league impact or how, how can we, you know, closing the gap? So we we've provided balls, we've provided jerseys, we're working on field, uh, building fields. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot into it, um, and we want to definitely get into scholarships. You know, that's, that's one of my thing that I'm so passionate about is, is helping people see the world and, and have them, you know, experience different cultures and, and going out there and living a different life, eating different food, understanding what people aren't thinking. You know, so, so a lot of people are, are very closed minded, you know, in, in a sense, a lot of different sports, but rugby is very open. So if we're able to open that gap and, and given these opportunities and scholarships. Um, and once the world gets back to normal and the foundation has, you know, bigger legs, we have some big plans for that. And, and there's going to be scholarships to New Zealand, South Africa, Japan, England, and then domestic guys as well. So those are all the places I lived and played in. Uh, so that's the, that's the big personal goals. And then, and then obviously the community of supporting the coaches, supporting the leagues and supporting everything that's, that's happening. So it's, uh, it's definitely a feel good. It's definitely a passion of mine um, just to give back to the sport that's already given me so
0: much. It's oh, powerful words, mate. And it's it's one of the reasons why I love having you on the pod. You know, I'm a big believer that no ego is just amigos vibe. And I think the way that you give back to the sport, I think the way that you put the U.S. At, 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 you know, on an equal footing to to everything you did in rugby and, and never let sort of the money deter you from that, I I, I think is is incredibly um you know an incredibly amazing thing to have about your character and it's one of the reasons that i really like you and and count you as a friend is because you can see that transparency and who you are and you're honest and kind and you care for others and so the fact that you're giving back like that and have such big goals you know you could easily kick up with your feet up now crack open a few ghillies as we like to do on the pod but instead you're actually giving back to the rugby community, mate, I'm, I'm absolutely uh, chuffed for you and chuffed to have you on the pod, and, and I know Rob loves it as well.
2: Yeah, I do think that you can feel the authenticity because what you're trying to offer to people is the experiences that you had, and you're saying the experiences through rugby help you be a better father, a better husband, uh, contribute to your community because you, tra- because you travel, because that's what was so important to you, and now how can you pass it on to others? Um, so there's you know there's a very clear reason why you're in the Hall of Fame. We're bloody lucky to have you on the show. American rugby has been ha- lucky to have you over the years and um we're just looking to really find out some of the more more off the air stories really. Yeah, that's, that's
0: what we want. now. We <laughs> want the wild man. We need a we need a beer <laughs> funnel or something in there to, to get him out. For you know, it, all takes all it takes is two movements. A
1: couple of beers.
0: Oh, ears, and uh,
1: he's back. and then we go.
0: Can we slow motion that?
1: <laughs> I don't think we have the budget to do that. Yeah, not yet.
0: <laughs> Not until the Todd Clever Foundation gives us a grant or something. We're screwed here. Nice. Um, but Todd, you know, as we're getting near to the end of the pod, I want to say is, you know, making that we all know making that transition from playing to the next chapter of life is is not always the easiest thing and I think that's one of the things that you've also been impressive for and a shining light for other players to follow in your footstep is the ability to find a life after rugby to to, to make a vocation from what you're able to do to be you know a savvy investor real estate the foundation all the different aspects you have given yourself a runway and and a pathway for post-rugby life and I think that's just as much as an inspiration to to what you've done for players by leading the way for what you were able to do on the field as well.
1: Yeah. Again, you know, very fortunate and, and timing is everything. I know that uh, a lot of people that, uh, that are investors or, or how it is that that's, that's the key is, is getting the timing right and backing yourself and going for it. So, you know, away from rugby and, and things that do that actually pay the bills is, you know, you know, real estate that I, that I'm really into and passionate to, and I have been for, for a long time, for many years, so having that, and then you know, like I said, backing yourself. I, I knew I'd you know land a uh, land a foxy bride, and you know she now she brings in the brings in the dough, and I am able to crack the gillies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the dream, living the dream, always. That, that, that's great life advice. How could <laughs> you go wrong? <laughs> Marry up, mate. That <laughs> it's always it's always an impressive one. I think we all know yeah. a thing or two uh, about that. Or I'm trying. Um, lastly, mate, <laughs> I want to I want to say what do you miss the most about your playing days? Like what, what do you hold the most from it? And what, what do you look back the fondest and what's the hardest to replicate in life now that you finish playing?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I guess the, I I'd be lying if I didn't say I, I missed the camaraderie of, of the guys and being around the team. Um, there's only been probably a handful of times in the last few years that I've actually missed running out on the field and, 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 and doing it because I know, and I have so much respect for those guys that are out there because it's not like they just had a week of training going into it. I mean, it is years that go into it and dedication, and, and uh, so I'm not—I can't say I miss those, uh, you know, triple days and double days, uh, you know, waking up and doing those. Um, but I miss miss being around the guys. Like I always love the the day before games when it was just kind of, you know, you know, no contact, good run, kind of chatting. And you know the vibe that you're going into the game, and you have the captains run, and and it's in the stadium, it's empty, and you're you're in the locker room, and you're you're like, okay, just getting mentally prepared, and and it's an excuse to be completely lazy, and you know that's exactly what I'm not is lazy. So for for one day to be like, all right, you can't do anything. Make sure you're you feet up and watch a movie. It's like, oh, I have to do that. So it's I miss those days. Um, but you know i've taken so many life lessons and, and and i have so many great friendships through through rugby and 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 being able to you know give back and and reconnect that way so it's uh i, I just honestly feel so blessed and 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 uh you know it it's my life you know journey to continue it going on so and that's uh, that's another you know good excuse or a good reason to to have this foundation is is to to give back and and to reconnect and, and hopefully have, you know, boys and girls, you know, go in my footsteps, uh, and experience,
0: uh, you know, life thrills. That's powerful, mate. Uh, I I think it's a great way to round this chat off as well. We really appreciate having you on the show. Um, you know, for everyone listening and everything as well thanks so much for the support because Todd you, you, you make this show every week you and Rob I, I look forward to it we have a great time but I'm also just such a fan of all the work and, and everything you guys are off the field as well so so from from me from everyone listening Todd um, from Rob I'm sure as well thank you so much for opening up and coming on the pod and allowing us to do this and again congratulations on being in the Hall of Fame I know how much that means to you and your family and everyone that's backed you on this journey, and, and, and we're all really proud of you. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Congratulations, mate. That's there forever. So uh, you've got a long
2: time to enjoy all the fruits of all your labor there. Congrats, <laughs> mate.
0: all right that's a wrap on this state of the union uh todd rob always an absolute pleasure especially you this week toddy and congrats again but from everyone that's listening or watching this show we really appreciate your support keep show uh, keep showing up and watching or listening keep spreading the word whether it be retweet sharing favoring telling your friends and family telling your rugby mates telling your teammates anyone that you think might want to enjoy this show make sure you check it out big thank you to everyone at the american rugby show behind the scenes. And we're excited to continue being on the rugby network. Stay tuned for our other show this week, which is the MLR breakdown as well. And we'll all see you again next week.